we, along with just about every other church, can often seem as though we are purveyors in some sense of God's grace. Come join us and share in the abundance of grace as the Spirit is poured out, we say, in one way or another. But it's worth reminding ourselves from time to time of the truth that there is nothing we can do to manipulate or coerce or conjure or guarantee an experience of the Spirit. There's nothing we can do that will make grace necessary for God. God is absolutely free. And when we experience friendship or community or connection or love or any of those other things that amount to gifts of extraordinary grace, they are just that. They are gifts. Uh, One professor of mine used to say on and on and on that grace is absolutely gratuitous or it is not grace. And so what that means is we cannot guarantee an experience of the Spirit. We can celebrate it. We can look for it. We can try and identify the Spirit at work in our lives and in the world. We can talk about it. We can create occasions for coming together and occasions where we might possibly know God's grace, but we can never forget that God's grace, the Holy Spirit, is a gift. It's a gift beyond measure and one which we need to prepare ourselves to receive. That said, however, we are a community called into being by the Spirit. It's a mystery sometimes why one person lands in this community and another goes down the street. It's, it's a matter of the Spirit calling us together. And so what we can do is seek to make sure that our relationships reflect the very seriousness, the very love, the very freedom that God affords us. And the Holy Spirit and the teaching about the Holy Spirit and the story of the Holy Spirit being poured out is, is a place where we can find a lot of clues. We sometimes don't pay a lot of attention on this day to John's word for the Spirit, or at least for the Spirit in a particular aspect. He calls the Spirit the Advocate. Some of you remember in other translations, it doesn't even get translated from the Greek, it's the paraclete. And that word, at its root meaning, has the, has the sense of moving alongside, of someone who moves alongside. It has a further sense of being almost like a defense attorney, speaking uh, for those in need of speech. But a primarily, primary meaning is, the, is one who moves alongside. What the Spirit doesn't do is fix things. What God doesn't do is wave a magic wand and make everything all right. What God does, honoring our complete freedom, in God's complete freedom, is move alongside. I don't know if any of you, I I can make a guess that some of you know what it's like when a well-meaning friend is trying to fix you. Have you had that experience of someone trying to fix you? It's not particularly pleasant, is it? Or perhaps you've been quite a good chance on the other side of that and trying to fix a friend. Oh, have you tried this? Why don't you try that? Come on, at least try this. You're driving me batty. Will you please change? It doesn't work, does it? It doesn't help to try and fix people. That is not the model of relationship that we are given in these stories of the Holy Spirit being poured out for us. What we have are stories of moving alongside. 
It means that we have to take each other as seriously as God takes us. And that means we do not manipulate and we do not coerce. We have to figure out when, when we're alongside, when you can, one person said between the services, you know, it's like if you're swimming alongside, you can bump someone into their own lane, but that's not fixing them. That's, there's a boundary there somewhat that involves discernment and involves judgment. But most of all, it, discer- it depends on a profound sense of God's taking us seriously and taking our freedom seriously, which means we do not need to manipulate or coerce each other. I was teaching a class last year at the Candler School of Theology for students in ministry, and someone came in with this great program for reaching the lapsed. That is, the people who used to come to that particular church but did no longer for whatever reason. And it wasn't a bad program, and there's nothing wrong with reaching out to people you haven't seen for a while. But what I said was, there seems to be something. Have you thought through what you're trying to accomplish here? Are you saying these people who decide to stop coming to church for whatever reason are not within God's love? Are you saying they're not saved? Are you saying it's our way or you're going to fry? What's, what's, what are you saying? Are you, in fact, respecting their absolute freedom and God's absolute freedom to touch their lives or not? Because we can't conjure or manipulate grace. All we can do is bear witness. We can bear witness to the grace that has touched our lives wherever we have found love that sets us free, in whatever form that takes. That's what we can do, is move alongside. It's what these parents and godparents will be doing in the lives of the children. The promises they make are promises to help, guide, and shape, but not to coerce, not to take over. So the question of discernment becomes real. How do you know when to advocate, when to speak for someone? I'm on a board, many of you know, that supports the Anglican Observer to the United Nations. And we sometimes say that that office is a voice for the voiceless in the councils of the world. But when do you speak for someone else? And when do you allow them to, when do you recognize they have the strength to have their own voice? That's the kind of discernment that is needed. And that discernment is itself a gift. And so we go to the story from Acts of the Spirit being poured out. And the most extraordinary thing that happened is Babel, the Tower of Babel gets reversed. And the gift is the gift of understanding. People hear each other in the various tongues and they understand what each other's saying. The gift of the Spirit is in spite of all the differences that we have, all of the things that separate us from each other, all of the things that make it so hard to enter the experience of another is overcome, and that overcoming is a gift. And what it means is that we have to listen deeply to one another. We have to hear one another's stories. And that means not trying to fix each other. I had a friend, still have a friend, um, who... (laughs) Okay, just one, maybe, but... <laughs> and we would talk and argue and go back and forth, and then we, we moved, moved apart, different parts of the country, and stayed in touch via telephone. And, and after a while, he sort of stopped talking to me in the same way. And I said, what's going on here? It seems like you're not, you're not really talking to me. He said, I said, is everything all right? He said, yep, fine. Are you sure? Nothing's going on? Nope, nothing. Everything's fine. 
and, and we sort of drifted apart. And then one day, out of the blue, he called me. He said, you know, I've been thinking about that conversation, and I've got something to say to you. And I said, what's that? And he said, he said, Jeffrey, I think I stopped talking because every time I wanted to share something about my life, you were so quick to want to suggest, fix, shape, engage, that I didn't feel you were listening. I didn't feel you were hearing me. All I, I can figure out that stuff. I'm pretty smart. But I wanted you to listen as a friend. That wasn't an easy conversation, but it's one that began to transform our relationship to where we are friends again now and engage in many of those same kinds of conversations. It happens a lot in marriages where you start drifting apart because you're not finding ways to listen to each other or partnerships. This business of fixing and trying to fix, we don't even know we're doing it half the time, but it's not the work of the Spirit. It's not the kind of relationship that God has with us. It's not the kind of empowering that goes when we move alongside and when we advocate when we need to and step back when we don't need to. And that discernment comes through deep listening. Doesn't mean we give up judgment. Doesn't mean we give up our own right to have opinions. It doesn't mean there aren't times when we could say, you know, you really could fix that. But it's a matter of you wanting to and not me doing it for you. It's recognizing the great freedom that we have been given in God's love and how empowering that is and allowing that to shape how we relate one to another. When we do that, especially in the community of faith, we can trust that we will begin to have our eyes opened to see the power of the Spirit at work in our lives, connecting, building friendships, in fact, granting the gift of love, the greatest gift of all. It's the story we tell every week around the table of one of God who moved alongside us in the person of Jesus, who showed us what self-giving, non-coercive, inviting love looks like, even unto death, and invites us to participate in that love as the Spirit, the Advocate, is sent to move alongside us, reflecting the very life of God and affecting the way we relate one to another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.